It's a high drive center field. Beerling's back. This game is turned upside down. Pulls it to the air. It's deep to left. Taylor back at the wall at 700. Welcome to Swing for Context Baseball Podcast. This is episode 16. It is May 6th, 2023. We are officially one full month in, finally. Uh, the standings are starting to take shape on who's contenders and who is definitely not. Uh, today we got Noah and Aiden. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing so good. Okay, Aiden. Fantastic. Uh, we are firmly, you know, kind of in the finals process of, of school and college and whatnot. Noah, you had a test this morning on a Saturday. How, how'd that go? Um, I made a 58, and it's going to replace my lowest exam grade for the year, so that's good. And your lowest exam grade was a? 50. What class was it? Statistics. Okay, so not like a major class, just a nah. just your math class that you don't have to have a great score. Yeah, yeah. Look at the AL East. We got the uh, Tampa Bay Rays still uh, holding on to their firm grasp off their hot start, but the Baltimore Orioles sitting in second place. The Red Sox uh, just a game behind Baltimore, Toronto, and then the Yankees are currently fifth in that division. What's the uh, the take on the AL East so far? It's uh, it's would y'all say surprising to say the least because I think mine is kind of completely flipped. I wouldn't say Tampa Bay in last, but maybe in that third or fourth spot. Um, I don't know. I'm getting really sick and tired of Tampa Bay though. They keep on winning, and it's really annoying. Yeah, well, so, if it uh, makes you feel any better, they have lost three of their last ten, so they're starting to maybe come back to reality a little bit. Um, they're no longer above 800 in their winning percentage, so maybe the they'll get under 700 at some point. Um, the interesting thing about the AL East to me right now is that all five teams are still over 500, which I think could still kind of come like even back out a little bit more. Um, obviously, everybody playing everyone, I think, kind of favors them because I do think they have, as a division, they have... Uh, more quality teams than the other divisions. I think all five of their teams are quality teams. Whereas like some divisions can definitely not say that. Um, I mean, just look at the AL West right now. I feel like you have four quality teams and one really bad team, which we'll get to here in a second. But uh, yeah, Any, anything to add on that, Aiden? So, you know, I was an Orioles truther. And so seeing this, <laughs> Kind of makes me happy, but I was also a Boston hater. Like I, I hated Boston's roster. I did say after the WBC that I was I was kind of up there on Yoshida after not being at first. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I I don't know if I believe in Boston still. Like I still just don't like their pitching enough to think that they're going to be as good uh, as their record right now says. Uh, and Yankees, Yankees have. Man, they have been dealing with some bad injury luck. 
Like it's yeah, they started the year with some pretty big names on the IL, and then it just hasn't really improved. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, the big signing they had in a little bit. But yeah, they've uh, they've been put through the ringer on that end. Uh, moving to the Central, uh, Minnesota hanging out on top at 19 and 15, followed by the Detroit Tigers at 15 and 17. So Minnesota is currently over 500, and then the other four teams in the division are all under 500. Uh, Detroit, Cleveland, the White Sox, and then the Kansas City Royals at the bottom at eight and twenty-five. Um, I, man, there's not a whole lot to say about this division. I don't think. I think both centrals have been, aside from like the the fun story that's going on in Pittsburgh, but both divisions have been kind of lackluster in the in the central. Um, anything that just catches your eye on those teams? No. I mean, I like Minnesota. I, their pitching right now is kind of overachieving a little. Like, I don't think Sonny Gray is going to keep what up what he's doing. But I'm a, I'm a big fan of Joe Ryan. I like what Pablo Lopez has been doing. They've also got some nice bats on that roster. Uh, Cleveland, man. What, like, what are they doing? What's happening? Uh, well, you know, you mentioned Minnesota's pitching is holding on. And like right now, they've got a run differential of 28. Plus 28. So, like, they're actually a game below their expected win total. Cleveland has a run differential of minus 20. So, they're just not scoring enough runs, man. Like, at the end of the day, like, their expected win total is 14 right now, 14 and 19. And so, um, it hasn't been like bad luck as far as the, the numbers say. But when you're going five and nine at home, um, that's usually not a good way to start your April. Also, uh, since we're on this division, the White Sox, I kind of kind of gave them a little praise after that first series with Houston. Taking that all away, yeah, pathetic. It's it's been terrible. Well, I've got a, I've got game. something on them here in a minute too, so don't go too far down that rabbit hole. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll cut it off right there. Then. Okay, yeah, yeah, but just keep that, keep that on the on your back burner. We'll we'll get back to that here in about ten minutes. Uh, the AL West, Texas, currently on top at 18 and 13. The Angels, Houston, and Seattle all hanging out around that 500 mark. Seattle currently is under 15 and 17. And then the lowly athletics at 7 and 26, currently uh, the worst division in the American League. And a run differential of minus 121. So the, uh, the wonderful baseball being played in Oakland is a. Uh, Still very watchable. Um, obviously, you guys being Texas guys, me being a Houston guy, we probably have the most that we could talk about in this division. Um, so I'll let you guys take it away first. Um, you say the yeah. worst division? Are they are they worse than the AL Central? Um, I mean, at least in the West, we've got three teams that are over 500, which is nice. We have yeah, I thought, I thought four teams with worst. positive think, run differential. Yeah, I think the Central's far worse. That's you. You said the worst in the division. No, that's, that's not what I said. I don't know if you were thinking, saying Oakland was the worst. Oakland is the worst in the division. division. Okay. Uh, Texas. I mean, they've kind of spoiled me and Noah, but the bullpen's got to be figured out. Got to go get someone. Got to get which. Wolfen arms are the easiest to trade for when it comes to the deadline and kind of need one or to get one a little bit earlier because it's a big need for us right now. Uh, no, I'll let you 
No, you want to go on your little yeah. mini rant? Yeah. Um. So <laughs> my mini rant of the week. Yeah. What Aiden says, the bullpen, besides three pitchers, and one of them had to start yesterday because DeGrom's hurt, um, just completely awful. It's like you just put a bunch of little, like, T-ballers up and say, have have at it, kid. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's ridiculous. Like, my, my little Maltese dog could go out there and, and pitch better than our bullpen. It's a hot pile of garbage that somebody uh, needs to put out. Chris Young needs to put it out. We need to make moves. We I want to say we have we would have seven or eight more wins just solely off of our bullpen if they wouldn't suck. So um, I brought up the idea of maybe I know it's still early in the season, but maybe looking into our you know farm system, you know maybe so, oh this guy's doing okay, let's give him a, a, a shot. You know I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know if we're going to be a contender this year. I mean, but if that's what the front office is wanting to do, I think we need to act on it now rather than later. So, uh, but other than that, um, oh, and the bottom of our lineup doesn't, um, what's the word? Uh, produce? Produce, yeah. Doesn't produce they've at all. Recently, they've been doing decently. I mean, Duran's back there and he's been sorry Duran is, has been in the seventh spot or like the middle of the lineup yes but like i'm talking about like if bubba's in he's not hitting and yeah. Tavares is a question Tavares is a and I'm, I'm i'm very happy i haven't seen brad miller in the lineup in almost like a week a week or two so i do want to add this and sorry for going so long about texas uh before the year started i kind of went into how the new trend is starting to be need that really good bullpen to be like world series contender and like what noah was saying we're gonna need that if this front office thinks we're contenders so that's that's what that's what the like the move is now is getting the shut down yeah i mean everything you're saying i think is uh not unreasonable uh i do find it funny that you know noah is really ranting on the uh, production and the the pitching depth when you're atop the league or you top the division at 18 and 13 with a plus 68 run differential like things are going pretty good like i know there's been some rough patches but don't jump off the deep end um i'm not off the deep end but you you would think that if your front office is saying okay let's go compete this year which based off the money that they used last year the money they used this year the age of your pitching staff currently on your rotation you're trying to compete this year, then yes, I, I do think you can't wait until the deadline. If you're going to maybe make some bullpen adjustments, which I do think needs to happen for that team in order to stay in, in a competition for that first place. Why don't y'all give us one of y'all's pieces? I mean, we're both Texas teams. I've got a, I've got a good enough bullpen. It's fair one. The Angels sitting at 19 and 14. They actually have one more win than uh, the Rangers, but they also have one more loss. Uh, so their winning percentage is ter- technically a little bit lower. Uh, the Angels still holding on. They haven't hit that major injury bug that always seems to strike them or their pitching staff hasn't fully collapsed. Uh, so be interesting to see how long they can keep playing ball at a high level. Uh, Houston has been kind of playing that 500 ball, which I thought they would through April. Um, Getting Altuve back should kind of help that out a little bit. Brantley and Altuve are on their way back. Thank God. But more on that here in a little bit. Seattle, 
Uh, if you're a Seattle Mariners fan, I pro- they probably never want to see Gordon Alvarez ever again because he just keeps hitting nukes against them. Uh, but they're sitting at 15 and 17, a team that was uh, picked to be like as the team to dethrone Houston this year or to at least finish the wild card, sitting at under 500 um, over a month in. They do have a plus seven run differential, um, but they're just not winning the games they need to be winning. So it'll be curious to see if they can uh, find some momentum going forward. And then last episode, we talked about the Oakland A's and their move to Vegas and renames and colors. So we probably don't need to spend a whole lot of time talking about the Oakland athletics this episode. Uh, Any other thoughts on any other teams other than the Rangers currently in the West? Did y'all talk about the, uh, the MLB censoring the free Oakland or whatever. I think that happened uh, after. Yeah, that, that happened like the day after we recorded it. So uh, we'll, that was, we'll touch. Wow. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and talk about it real quick. So they put, po- I mean, of course they posted the video on Instagram of a home run at the stadium and they had just censored, like got someone to go in and cover all of the posters. And that, I think that's, I don't know. Because in the outfield bleachers, there was there's fans that had like sell the team or whatever, whatever, like on different boards, right? And it looked like on the uh, broadcast footage, it was like a wider shot. You could see the fans, you could see the signs, and then on like the MLB website footage, it was like zoomed in, and then like boards were covered up by like fake stands. Yeah. It looked like I couldn't tell what it was, but yeah, it was they were covered up, which I thought was ridiculous. Shifting gears. All right, going to the uh, NL uh, at the East, we've got the Atlanta Braves in at 23 and 11. Uh, the only team in this division that is over 500 and has a positive run differential, the New York Mets sitting at 500, at but a, a negative three. The uh, Marlins sitting in third, Philly sitting in fourth, and then the Nationals in fifth. Uh, the Nationals are actually playing a little bit better than I thought they were going to at this point, so maybe those young guys can keep getting experience for them. Uh, I mean, Atlanta, 23 and 11, aside from that sweep that they had versus Houston, they have been just torching everyone, it seems. Uh, their last 10, they're 7 and 3, including those three losses, but you take those away and you'd be looking at an eight loss team. Uh, which would be pretty salty. Um, any surprises? I know Philadelphia obviously getting off to a slow start, and then now they're getting Harper back. Talk about him making his uh, debut here in just a, a few minutes. But uh, any other surprises going on with this uh, division? Um, I mean, the Braves, like, I didn't know that. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we thought, like, you know, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Braves are all going to be neck and neck. But honestly, I don't see – I don't see – with the way things are going now, I don't see the Mets nor uh, Philadelphia, you know, uh, biting at the ankles for the lead division here coming in the late season. I don't know if they get a hot start or, like, not a hot start, like a hot streak and just go at it. But Atlanta, dude – they are playing some freaking ball right now. Like, it's as a baseball fan, it's awesome to see. So I don't know. I don't see. I, I, when you asked what the biggest surprise was, I think it's the Phillies. 
I mean, I know injuries have just, you know, ruined, ruined, not ruined, but you know what I mean. But I don't know, man. I thought they were going to be a little bit better than they were, than they have been. But so far, they just haven't. So, so uh, injuries have kind of taken a toll on my start of the year prediction of both these, or of this division. I had, of course, Braves three. I had Mets two and Phillies one. Phillies, you know, they, they started off with some big injuries. They've kind of gotten hot recently, so getting Harper back right now may be really good for them. They started finally, you know, getting them wins racked up. Uh, Miami surprised me. They they kind of stuck around in that 2-3 spot for a bit longer than I expected them to. And uh, Mets, a Mets loss, Scherzer for a bit because of the cheating allegations, uh, him getting kicked out of that game. And Verlander just made his first start the other day. It wasn't the best start, but he's he's going to make an impact. Like, you just got to wait for more than one start. I don't know. I, I can see the Phillies getting hot and kind of start nipping at the Braves. But right now, the Braves have it commandingly. So. Yeah, I mean, no matter what team, what division injuries are, you're always looking for who's going to get hit by it, who's going to avoid it, who's going to stay healthy the longest. I mean, that that's just sports. But um, Philly starting the year with a, a handful of major ones, the Mets starting the year without some of their pitching that they were going to be relying on, um, where the, the Braves had like some short-term injuries, like with Kyle Wright and his shoulder that's flared back up. Um, still not having Soroka back yet. Like everyone's dealing with it, but you know, as a as an organization, you've got to find a way to to build your depth and have quality depth in the minors. And the Atlanta Braves are a masterclass of doing that, where some teams are just not yet. Um, so it, it makes sense to me that they've been able to hold on to it for as long as they have. Uh, the Central, I mean. I alluded to it earlier with with the Pirates. We talked about them a lot in the last couple of weeks about them being maybe the biggest surprise. Um, but they are sitting at twenty and fourteen, so they have cooled off a little bit. Their last ten, they're four and six. Um, lucky for them, though, the Milwaukee Brewers are three and seven. In their last ten. So um, again, the the Central Division's kind of just not been very impressive. Um, the Chicago Cubs have a plus 47 run differential, but sitting in third at only 17 and 16. Um, I think they, yeah, their expected win total currently is 21 and 12. So they're uh, probably getting some unlucky opportunities, some, some missed, maybe it's one run games or home away is getting to them or whatever it may be. Um, but from a run scoring perspective, you know, they're, they're a little underperforming, underperforming on that end. Uh, the Cardinals, man, the Cardinals are sitting 10 and 24. Um, they have two more wins than the Oakland Athletics. Uh, we talked about their lineup being a very impressive lineup. It still is. Um, they're not scoring enough, obviously, to win ball games. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt is still playing a really strong first base and still putting up really strong numbers. Um, but even a, one guy as the uh, reigning MVP can't can't win a, a game for you consistently. Um, talking about a pitching reform with the with the Rangers and their bullpen, I think uh, if the Cardinals are going to bounce back from this and get back to that NL Central crown, uh, they need a major pitching reform. And I don't know how how much that is realistic. Uh, anything else on the Central? They got what one starting pitcher, I think. 
they got they just got Wayno back today, but I mean he's not the Wayno that it's not two thousand eight Wayno. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Pirates kind of, the the thing that worries me about the Pirates, I mean, they're not too far under five hundred against winning teams, but they're not at five hundred. And like I really want them to keep it going because that's such a cool story, especially with Andrew McCutcheon going out there and kind of kind of raking right now. I mean, he's just, it's so much fun to watch that. Uh, Milwaukee, I think that they're the best team right now for sure. Uh, the record is only eighteen and fifteen, but I I really think that they're the best team out there, especially with what St. Louis is doing. Chicago, I believe I called them like. Uh, my underrated wildcard team could make it. That run differential, it's looking pretty nice. Like they're, they're a lot better than a lot of people expected them to be. Noah? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I had, I had St. Louis winning the division, and you look at it now, and it's just like, golly, man, I don't, I don't know. I, pitching is obviously the problem. You got a negative 25 run differential. I mean, I'm you, you got to hit too. So, um, yeah, only good thing uh, looking good for him so far is uh, Goldie over there, and I need him to produce some more on my fantasy team. So that's all I have to say about that. All right, Sorry, I hurt. I've heard some rumblings about it. Uh, I haven't seen anything that makes me go, "Oh yeah, we got to take a look at Arnado." But uh, pull up the stats, see, see what's going on. Um, I his hitting hasn't been there, and like I I've, I've heard rumblings about him being hurt. Uh, to watch that bitch. That wasn't. Oh my gosh, two strikes, not all strikes. Focus. Two forty one on the year. Okay. Sorry, it's hitting two forty one right now. It's got thirty one strikeouts to ten walks, and only thirty two hits. He's almost got more strikeouts than hits. Yeah, the first month it just hasn't been very kind to him, it seems. But I wouldn't hit the injury button on him. Just going through a slump right now. Uh, he's still going to produce. I mean, at the end of the day, anything you get with him offensively and his defensive value just is what it is. If he's sitting around 250 and he starts pumping some more slugging numbers, you can see more balls over the fence. Like it, It'll all be forgiven for him, I think. Um. Speaking of defense from a third baseman in the NL Central, is this the year that that he doesn't get the gold glove? Team Cabrian Hayes? Oh my goodness. Cabrian Hayes may take may take his gold glove this year. I would love to see Cabrian Hayes win the gold glove this year. He's been he's been great over there, man. Like that'd be crazy. I I I didn't think it was gonna happen for a while, but Nolan may not even be the best defensive third baseman in his division. I'm taking that home. All right, to the NL West. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Dodgers have uh, gotten back over the Arizona Diamondbacks, finally sitting at 19 and 14. Uh, Arizona and San Diego both have 18 wins. San Fran at 15 and 17, and then the Rockies still hanging in there a little bit at 13 and 21. They're not. Just like gone, gone. But if they keep going down this road, uh, it's going to get bad for them. Uh, the San Diego Padres at eighteen fifteen, they have a zero differential. Uh, you know, a, a full month into the season, so 
whether it's pitching kind of giving up late runs and allowing teams back into ball games, or if it's uh, just a matter of the offense not really clicking, you know, I, I know uh, between Tatis coming back and, and still trying to find his major league swing a little bit and Soto not quite being Soto and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it's interesting to see a, a zero run differential a full month in. You normally don't see that going on. Um, the big three just hasn't really been hit. It's been Xander's been hit. Yeah, he's he's been kind of the saving grace of that team so far. Can we talk about the? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into like the rest of the teams because I mean, this is we can talk about Zach Gallon for a little bit. I guess um, he went on that little streak of scoreless innings for like twenty something innings. And then got pieced by the by the uh, one and only Texas Rangers. Uh, shout out to them. Were you um, at that game? Yeah, I was at that game. That's the only reason that they pieced him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you got the Dodgers, you got Arizona and San Diego. I didn't think Arizona was going to be this good this year, um, but they are. Uh, and I mean, the way that the way that the Dodgers are playing right now, I know they're seven and three in their last ten, but they just haven't. They haven't. I don't know. They haven't just surprised me or like met my expectations, I guess. I don't know. That might be a stupid take, but I thought they'd be ahead big right now in the standings and they're not. Um, I mean, this, this, you know, West race is what I thought. The, uh, the you know, NL East. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to be. So yep. that's where I had San Diego was where you, have the Dodgers right now. You had them higher. I had San Diego higher, and, and it seems we were both as they both kind of came out and not done yeah. what we thought. Uh, um, is this Colorado like roster? Like I've looked at it, I think this may be one of the worst rosters I've ever seen. Well, like, I'm, not, I'm not. It's not a joking matter. Like I, it's, it's <laughs> they don't have any pitching. They don't have a single starting pitcher. Daniel, they have Daniel Bard, I guess, but who knows the next time he goes on the IL. Like, I just... Just remember, their owner thinks they can play 500 ball. I know. (laughs) And, like, they got Chris Bryant, but Chris Bryant isn't Chris Bryant anymore. I mean, he got his, like, first home running course stadium just a couple weeks ago. He's been there for two years. Well... He was there last year. He played like 50 games, got hurt. It's just, I don't know, man. It's like, when we're done with this, go look at the roster and you'll see what I mean. No, I'm with you. I mean, between the, listen, there's a very, there's a bunch of teams that are still hanging in there as far as contenders. And there's a few teams that are hanging out. I think that are still pretenders, but their records are still hanging in there a month in. There's some teams that are not. I mean, you look at the, Currently, the White Sox, I would say, are just not. The Kansas City Royals are not. The Oakland A's are not. The Nationals are not. Um, I'd say the Reds are not. And the Colorado Rockies are not. They're just not going to contend for anything this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they've got one of the at least one of the worst seven worst rosters in baseball. Um, I think you have to do a, a hard side by side with. Oakland to uh, determine if they've got the worst roster in baseball. Um, but yeah, I'm willing to take a look at it afterwards. Speaking of Oakland, Fujinami moves to the bullpen. 
from what I heard or saw. Yeah, I mean, it's probably I think that's, that's probably the right move for him, honestly. Uh, just with his stuff. I mean, he has some wipeout stuff, but um, that was his issue in Japan, I think, was like getting through the lineup a second time or a third time or having some control issues. And so uh, he's probably better suited there than the starting rotation for a team. Um, which, you know, the experiment didn't quite end. He wasn't the Shohei Otani coming over, but he does have really good stuff, and I bet he can be a really good component of that bullpen. He probably is the best pitcher in terms of stuff in that bullpen. All right, let's get to some headlines real quick. Uh, obviously, the the big one this week is Bryce Harper. Um, Bryce Harper comes back, and the Phillies get their big slugger back, the MVP. Um, everyone loves watching him swing a bat, obviously. Uh, but I thought this was an interesting stat line that somebody said uh, he had come back faster than the Oakland A's had gotten a win from a starting pitcher. So by the time he had surgery, recovered, was back on the baseball field, no starting pitcher for the Oakland A's had won a baseball game. Uh, and they still haven't, right? And they still haven't. So uh, that means he also came back and hit a home run before a pitcher for this. <laughs> Tough times. Tough times. Uh, We're going to not do this because, like I said, that's not what we need to go over. Uh, I got a question for you guys because y'all are younger than I am and a little bit more with uh, the times. Uh, Home run celebrations. Do y'all like them or hate them? Like the dugout celebrations. I'll, I'll go first. All right, hit me. I'll go first. So I like home run celebrations. Like, you know, they may, they said, let the kids play that whole campaign, like cool and all. Um, it's much more lenient than it was when like Carlos Gomez would go and pimp a home run and then start a benches clearing brawl and get ejected and get uh, suspended for a couple of games. It's better than that. I like seeing it, but like when you say like uh, dugout celebrations, I know you mean, like the uh the like the like Toronto has the the coat and Seattle yeah they did like has, the coat they the Boston Red Sox did like the the shopping cart thing last year Seattle has like the trident yep. uh the Angels have like the samurai hat thing like the the mm-hmm. dugout celebrations for home runs like that's yeah. that's more where I'm look, looking at yeah yeah I love them I love them okay what I don't like is when Randy Rosarena stops after touching <laughs> third and uh crosses his arms and uh just that's stupid i don't like that i don't you, know if you saw that no i didn't see that so a uh, randy rosarena he's, he's done that for like every home run that i know like, well, well, yeah. like, I, I it just was a headline i haven't been paying attention to the rays or him at all um but I I don't like like that. he rounds third before he gets to home he like stops, he stops and then right. does the the shrug the he does it, yeah he does it with his third base coach and so mm, yeah but I mean I like when like Tatis does the like like hop step he like hops back and then touches third like it's subtle it's simple it's quick I'm not sitting here like boasting about it the only reason, the only thing I did like about that and take away from it was that it was against the Yankees um. I don't like the Yankees. Yankees have no souls, um, et cetera, et cetera. 
But you, you're you're a fan of the dugout celebrations. Yeah, yeah, I love them. Love them. Aiden? So, uh, like, the dugout ones, here's my thing. A lot of people, like, the older people, they don't like the, the pimping and the celebrating out because it's showing up the pitcher. I think the dugout celebration kind of takes that part out. You're not really showing up the pitcher. You're just having fun with your team. And, I mean, there's kind of – people do that kind of at every level. They just don't do it with, like – the objects that the MLB players are doing. So I think that's perfectly fine. Don't have a lame one like the Braves did with the big hat. Stupid. Like, it's something cool. Like, samurai hat's cool. The trident is awesome. Shopping cart was funny. The Dodgers did some stuff. Don't do what the Dodgers were doing. Uh, But like Noah was saying, it kind of gets iffy whenever you're rounding the bases and you just stop for a bit. Like, I don't, like, make your celebration kind of go with what you're doing. I know there's always the saying, pitcher could have thrown a better, should have thrown a better pitch. I agree with that until it gets to the point where you're kind of, like, overdoing it. And I think stopping for a bit is overdoing it. All right, so I'm somewhere in the middle of uh, the old people hating the pimp jobs and the young people loving the dugouts. Because I, I love when, like, Jazz smokes one to the second deck and he's like watches it for a half second and then he puts his head down and then takes off or like uh like a guy admiring a, a four fifty foot shot, I'm all about it. Uh yeah, just like I'm all about cool. I'm all about a pitcher like getting fired up and doing uh the K strut off the mound in the inning. Like I'm all for it. Uh I don't like the around the bases like stuff while you're inside the baseline like i i don't really like the uh the tattoos hot back i don't hate it i'm not saying that, that you shouldn't do that it's just it kind of annoys me like i roll my eyes whenever i see it but i'm not like upset about it uh it's more like a oh my gosh this freaking guy come on let's go kind of thing uh the shrug like a full stop and like shrug thing that you're talking about with randy yeah i, I haven't seen that uh but it would probably piss me off a little bit uh the dugout thing to me is dumb and I don't really care if they do it. I, to me, the reason I, I think the dugout stuff is dumb is cause like the, take the Red Sox to the shopping cart thing last year. Uh, they were, they finished fifth in the division. They were losing a ton of baseball games. They were down in a lot of games where like that home run didn't help or like it didn't like change the outcome of the game, I guess. Uh, and then you get into the dugout and we're just acting like a bunch of teenagers in, in the dugout while we're down six runs celebrating a solo shot with a shopping cart run down the dugout. I don't know. Like I, I you're you lose me on that personally. Um, the uh, like the home run hats and whatnot, like I get it that they're they're cool items and that you can kind of build like a little team camaraderie thing about it. Um, I just I don't really i guess appreciate it for whatever reason i think they're just kind of stupid little in jokes or something that should maybe be even like more in the clubhouse like i'd rather be like the player of the game in your clubhouse like gets the samurai hat and you do something in the clubhouse for it that's just me personally um so i i'm kind of out on the home run celebrations i don't mind them uh but i definitely don't like them i think they're just kind of a, a waste of time personally Valid. I will say this. They also, like, the players know there's a camera watching them in the dugout after home run. So a lot of it is kind of, like, 
it is for each other, but a lot of it is kind of to, you know, give the fans something else to look at, something cool to like, you know, maybe copy or, or watch. Yeah. And I, and I get yeah, that I part of it. Them. I think like when you're in the dugout, like if you go back to back with a guy and like you do like the back to back pose and you like do a thing for the camera in the dugout and like to me, okay, that's cool. Cause it's like something that that's like, you don't see a whole lot of, uh, there's not just, you don't see a back to back home run every week for your team. And so like when those things happen or like you hit like a game winning shot or a, like a, a big home run to take the lead late and you do something a little extra in the dugout. I'm all for that. I think that's great. I just, when you're doing it every time uh, and like you're doing it in like losing efforts, I just, I don't know, man, you just lose me. I, I think it's silly celebrating that when your team is down because you got your pitcher who's at the end of the dugout who just gave up eight runs and you are down eight to one. And we're celebrating a solo shot to get back to eight, eight and one. I'm just, I don't know. I think it's just kind of silly, but enough on that. I just, I saw that as a headline. Some people were pro celebration. Some people were anti. I figured you, you guys would be pro and I'm kind of in the middle on it. So, uh, which makes sense. Cause I'm in my thirties. Y'all are in your late teens slash. Yeah. Y'all are, no, how old are you? Man, I'm not comfortable with giving that information. No, I'm 19. You're 19. I'm I didn't think if you were 20 yet or not. Uh, anyway, we'll move on. So uh, last week we <laughs> we mentioned like Yoshida not really being the guy he was in the WBC yet. He is off to a, a bad start, you know, four weeks in. Uh, and since that conversation over the last seven days, Yoshida has slashed 458, 519, 833, hit two home runs. And uh, there's very few people in baseball that have been hitting the ball better than Masataka Yoshida since uh, that conversation. And so um, I think we put a hex on some people and apparently we uh, we took one off of Yoshida because he has been mashing the ball for the Red Sox. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there real quick no you had a big achievement uh on mlb the show you want to yeah, you want to bring yeah, that yeah. up real quick so yeah so you know after a long day of just like stressing about life and you know just you know we're on minecraft for a little bit like i was farming some wheat some carrots some potatoes you know trying to feed the squad you know what i mean so i just you know what i'll take a break hop on <laughs> hop on the show and so um it's just after the, after this game that went down, that I'm going to explain a little bit. Um, it's just gone up. My my team has just gone brazy, uh, if you will. Um, so I I, I, got, I hopped on, hopped in a ranked one v one. You know, I'm trash at this game. I can't hit. Like a ball will be up in the top of the zone, and I, for some reason, I drag my PCI all the way to the ground. So uh, so anyway, so this game goes through seven seven innings. This guy's a World Series guy, like highly ranked. And uh, I forgot what pitcher he had, but just absolutely shutting me down. I'm pretty sure he had like nine, 10 strikeouts by the seventh inning, you know, tight beat. And then uh, I was a little naughty and I bunted and I got on base. And I got a, finally got a base hit. And then the man himself, that 97 overall Curtis Granderson card. The Grandy man. Comes up to the plate and just mashes one in the right field. I'm up 3-1, right? And so then the inning goes by, and this is where it gets fun. Uh, I know I'm, I'm taking a little bit, but just hold on. Yeah, you are. And so, uh, <laughs> anyways, so next inning, I somehow get a runner on first and third with two outs. Um, I double steal, 
and he throws to second, and I still home, and I end up winning the game four to zero against a World Series player. And then after that game, I uh, got a pack, and I pulled a ninety nine overall trout. That boy. Yes, sir. Aiden, you uh, you played a real uh professional baseball player this week on the show as well. Yeah, played a uh, played Darren Baker. Felt kind of bad because I'm ranked, you know, in the World Series, and he's not, and it wasn't a fair game. Uh, made him quit. He's probably playing up on Hall of Fame because he was probably still playing in the All Star levels. He's playing in Hall of Fame and like felt bad for him because like you know he had his own card and I just made his own cards. Like batting average go down. Hey Darren, when you're not Darren Baker, when you're not in season and you're not having to deal with like playing actual baseball and whatnot, uh, ask Aiden for a rematch. Get used to Hall of Fame and we'll get a fair game going. Uh. Some injury stuff. Let's uh, jump into some good news, some bad news. Uh, Tyler Glass now for the Tampa Bay Rays. Just what no one wants to see, a Rays pitcher coming back. But uh, looks like Glass now is going to come back ready to go because he pumped 96 in his first rehab start. And so uh, Tampa Bay Rays about to get another arm back, which would be good for them because obviously losing Jeffrey Springs uh, when they did hurt. So, again, positional depth and organizational depth matters. And, Tampa Bay finds ways to to keep replacing guys and bring guys back when they need to. Uh, but bad news for the Yankees. Uh, and you, you mentioned that a doctor had called uh, Rodon's back a chronic issue at this point. Yes. Is it? Okay. So didn't we hear last year? Isn't Trout's also chronic? Yeah. We heard. Some, yeah. I don't know if it's as bad, but there's no timetable on Rodon's like return. Like they, they don't have one. They don't know at all when he's going to be back. I think uh, I read so that he got a cortisone shot like this week uh, or a couple of days ago. And so uh, they're probably trying to really address that one specific muscle group that is giving him issues. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be some type of muscle chronic illness that is, uh, you know, tougher pitchers of i mean any any rotational athletes gonna have issues coming back to uh full strength in their back is jacked up but pitchers especially you know if they're uh not fully ready to go on that end it can be pretty devastating so uh the yankees could be losing uh, a lot of innings from their big signee that's supposed to like be the difference this year for them in the postseason um i'm sure at some point he'll be back this year um you know usually a a muscle issue and back strains don't last year round. Uh, but if it's a chronic issue, it's something that he's going to have to take a lot of maintenance on the Yankees medical stuff's going to take a lot of maintenance on. And that if he's going to pitch for the length of this contract um, at a high level, it's going to become more and more of an issue of him taking care of his body in a better way than he currently is. Now he might be doing things that 10 out of 10, as far as, you know, injury prevention and, and rehabilitation type stuff, but it might be one of those things he has to take it up to a, a new level have to find that 12 out of 10 in order to really stay on the field. Uh, oh shoot. No, I left off your statistics here. It's huh? fine. Just, just keep going. Don't <laughs> Eloy Jimenez for the, for the Chicago white Sox, the is out <laughs> for four to six weeks. So, uh, you know, you take one more player out of that Chicago mix and the, the White Sox this year, 
it's one of those things where like I still think from a talent perspective, they have some of the most talented players, one of the most talented rosters. But it's like the the whole does not equal the parts. Um it's like making a fruitcake. Like all these things are good individually, but you shove them together and they just don't work. I think at this point you can take some of the blame off of Tony LaRusa, which you know, he was a meme for a while, I think, in the baseball world, but clearly he wasn't the only issue that they were having. I think there was a more deep rooted issue, apparently. Um but yeah, it, it might be time for the White Sox to just full fire sale and start over because um lose your 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 biggest hitter in your lineup for another month month and a half like it's only going to get worse i think for the white Sox at this point front office sucks they're one of the most injury prone teams i've ever had the displeasure of watching uh i don't know man uh in the west altuve has gotten cleared to start resuming baseball activities, which is big for the Astros, hopefully getting him back to uh, help anchor the top of that lineup for the long term. We'll start seeing some more wins in Houston for me. Uh, But on the downside of Houston, Luis Garcia, who is starting to take a a step forward this year, pitching uh, is having Tommy John uh, UCL reconstructive issue. So, uh, all the best for Luis Garcia as he goes through his uh, recovery process on that. I don't think they've set a date yet for his TJ, but I hope that, you know, just from a, a selfish fan perspective, I hope it's soon because the longer you wait into this year to get that thing scheduled, the longer into next year you don't see him. Um, yeah. But getting him back is going to be imperative for the next season. Um, luckily for Houston, uh, I guess Lance is on his way back to the rotation should be, Probably in another month and a half, month or so, four four to six weeks, he'll be back. So it, it's not red alert, but that sucks seeing another arm go down for TJ. Um, and then Rangers fans, uh, something to look forward to. Uh, Corey Seager's back. Uh, what, what's been going on over at shortstop for, for y'all since Seager's been out? Give me the rundown. So they, uh, they kind of went with a mix of Josh Smith and Duran, and neither of them were really taken the spot. Like, Duran wasn't very good defensively, and Smith was awful offensively. But uh, Duran just kind of started exploding from the plate, and he's he's pretty much got the spot by himself now. He's been, been killing the ball since he got that. 300, hasn't he? Yeah. Or somewhere close to it? He's been doing great. And it, I said it when it happened. A position player pitched to him, and he hit a home run off that position player. And since then, he's been hitting good. So I think that may have had something to do with it. Did y'all see the position player that came in a couple days ago? Um, He was drafted as a catcher. He's been playing outfield, I think. I forgot what team it was for. Uh, I just saw the the clip of it on on Instagram, I think. But uh, he was throwing, like, 95 two-seamers, sinkers, like, pumping them in there from, from the mound. Uh, it was one of the most impressive things I've seen in a long time because it was a guy who has not pitched in pro ball. Um, obviously has a cannon because he was a catcher and whatnot, drafted as a catcher, but um, it was it was crazy. He was throwing like arm side run sinkers in the mid nineties on a major league mount. It was freaking awesome. Rise will be calling him tomorrow. Yeah, probably. 
Speaking uh, of the Rangers, because we were just talking about Duran, it seems that they figured out what they're going to do with the reliever situation. Uh, Nathan Eovaldi, who pitched a complete game against the Yankees, just came back out in the eighth inning already at 95 pitches. So their new plan is just to not use the bullpen. <laughs> see how long those uh, old men can hang on. See, see how long until everyone's getting the Jacob DeGrom treatment. Uh, but hey, maybe uh, you know you you have high hopes for for uh, Nate Dog, and he's he's performed well on his uh, his numbers have been pretty solid. So as long as he's uh hanging in there velo wise, and he's not losing his bite on his pitches, like let him ride. Uh, another old guy coming back made his debut. Justin Verlander uh, finally made his debut start for the New York Mets. Um. And you said he had a five inning performance, a handful of strikeouts, a couple earned runs on some home runs, which Verlander is a fly ball five. pitcher. So that kind of makes sense. Nice. Obviously, he gave one to Javi Baez, so questionable. Uh, but, you know, even when you leave something hanging over the middle of the plate, when the way Javi Baez swings, like you always know that he's swinging for that 400 foot shot. So. If you leave one floating on him, he can do it. You, you basically, if if he hits the ball off, you threw it to his bat because he swings at everything, man. I, I don't know. A good pitcher who's able to like a good tunnel. If you have a good tunnel on Javi Baez, he's probably gonna have a hard time at the plate. If you're off your tunnel yeah. and you leave something floating, you know he might have a really good chance of hitting the ball hard against you. Um, but based off of the last two years, two and a half years, um, a good sequence tunnel for Baez, man. It's he's he gets himself out a lot. Uh, and I think then, he's faking it. To be honest, you think he's faking. I mean, during the World he Baseball Classic for Puerto Rico, he's crushing the ball. He regrets it. He wants out of Detroit. Well, you signed a big sure. contract, so until you get to, your, to his opt-out clause, he's not getting out anytime soon because nobody's going to trade for him. Yeah, you're right. I was going to say, unless they trade him, but that's not happening. So, One more piece of good news. Uh, Liam Hendricks uh, made his return to the mound for a minor league team, pitched a perfect inning in his first outing since beating cancer. So uh, big shout out to Liam Hendricks. He uh, had a perfect inning and a strikeout uh, for the Knights, which I think is the Chicago AAA team. Don't quote me. Might be their double A team. Uh, but obviously he's been, uh, since his treatment's ended, he's been working on getting ready and he's already back to, uh, the mound for minor league team. And, uh, looks like he's going to be, uh, back in the white Sox bullpen soon. Um, it's a shame that their team is not producing any better than what they are for him to come back to. But, uh, at least it's cool that he's making his return. Um, anything that I've missed on those headlines? I wonder. I wonder what their opinion would be on dealing him after this start. Could see the Rangers go after him. Of course, you can. I hope so. I'm not saying we're going to get him. I'm saying we could see them try to get him. Oh my gosh! This isn't like free agency where every starting pitcher was going to be a Ranger. They are next offseason. Yeah, of course. Uh, no, anything Jeff else to add? Um. Yeah, I really hope PETA doesn't watch this uh, podcast or listen. Sorry for yelling at my dogs. 
right. The, uh, the final thing here. Who is your biggest disappointment so far? Is it the Chicago White Sox, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Oakland Athletics, or the I almost said the New York Giants, or the San Francisco Giants? Obviously the Cardinals. Your biggest disappointment is the Cardinals. Okay. Yeah. Aiden? Or somebody else? I think it's got to be the Cardinals. I think my biggest disappointment is the White Sox, only because I think the White Sox have more talent overall than the Cardinals. I thought the Cardinals had a big hole in their pitching staff, and I think that has just become a glaring issue as the season's gone on. Um, So I... I was hoping that they wouldn't be this bad. They're surprised for sure, but I think the biggest disappointment because I I really thought the White Sox talent would finally kind of click this year, and they just really did not. Uh, here's here's my opinion on it. Like the White Sox, I never thought that they were going to be a top two team in the Central. I thought it was Cleveland and Minnesota. I thought Chicago would have three. Same, but Blue is. Like, I thought they were a shoo-in for first almost, and they're the, they're the worst team in the NL. Yeah, currently they are, they are the worst team in the NL. No, I, I get it. I put the White Sox third in my preseason ranking for the Central as well, but I, I did that knowing that uh, they've been underproducing, and, like, I didn't know if they were going to be able to put it all together just based off track record. And I still felt really good about Minnesota and Cleveland. Um, I thought it was going to be those three teams down the stretch tight. Uh, and man, they're just not there. They've got a 324 winning percentage, which, you know, St. Louis has a 294 winning percentage. So like St. Louis is playing worse than the White Sox. And uh, yeah, I, I had St. Louis first as well, but just. I really thought, like, from a talent perspective, Chicago could have been the first place team easily in that uh, division. I put them third based off prior performance. All right, boys. Uh, anything else? That's it. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll get back to it uh, a week from today ish. I've got to get this video edited and uploaded because it's kind of late in the week for us, but not a big deal. Uh, and now that school is out for, for you guys, hopefully that means uh, more content stuff coming your way. So uh, this has been episode 16 of SFC Media. Thank you for watching. See you next time.